this morning, uh, you know, I, you know, I've never ridden a sailboat, but I love watching them. And, uh, I think, I think it's just beautiful. I think those big ships with the, the sails on them, like if you go down towards Williamsburg, I think they're pretty. But I, this morning I want you to do something with me. I want everybody in this room to take a real deep breath and just hold it just for a second. All right, exhale. <sighs> okay. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? You just breathed in some air. Do you realize that? You just breathed in some air. And I forgot to bring my prop out here, so I don't, I don't have one with me. Uh, I, I forgot to grab it. I had it around in the, the, uh, fellowship hall. But you just breathe in air. You filled your lungs with O2, which is, uh, oxygen. It's the necessity of life. Now I want you to do this. I just want you to reach out and grab a big old handful of air. Yeah, just, yeah, feel free. I mean, there, it's all around. Just grab you two hands full of air. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I, I mean, I did, I forgot. I meant to bring my bucket out here with me. I don't have, I don't have a bucket with me, but I don't stuff this down. And if anybody would like, here, let me, let, he, he's my usually my usual go-to. I'm not going to smack you today, but let, here, here, hold out your hands. I just dumped it, I just dumped, I just dumped him out, big old, Big old handful of, handfuls of air. Anybody else want, so I, this, I got a box full of air right here. You know, my wife sometimes, she tells me I'm full of air. Hot air. But do you really believe air exists? Do you really believe air exists? Do you really? How can you believe air exists? You can't see it. You can't see it. You can't hear it. Now you may say, oh I, yeah, I can hear it in the trees. No, you don't. You hear the effects of it. But you can't hear air. You can't see air. Okay? You can't feel it in the sense of touching it. You can feel the breeze blowing, you know, by you. Uh, but so the only thing we really do is witness the effects of air. Air is invisible. It can't be seen. It can't be touched can't really be heard it's just the effects of it in spite of all of that i'm very confident that there is air i can feel a little bit moving in this room because the the uh the hvac system is running right now i'm very confident that there is air i'm very confident that there is air because as elaine's over here waving her fan i can see well i can't see jerry's hair waving but i see elaine's moving We'll go to the scripture I want to share with you this morning, and I'll be brief as I can. John chapter 3, verse number 8. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And he's, he, and Nicodemus is asking him how he can inherit everything that God has for him. And, and Jesus tells him, you must be born again. And Nicodemus don't really understand that. And I, I understand Nicodemus. I get it. Because... There's a lot of things I don't understand. You know, sometimes preachers have to, they want to pretend or portray that they know everything about everything. I want to tell you something. There's so much about the Word that I, I know less about the Word of God than I know about the Word of God. And I say that because I'm just being 
very frank, very honest with you this morning. And I think most people, if we be honest, we could find that to be true because the word of God is so expansive. But Jesus said this to Nicodemus. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases and you hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, I love this illustration that Jesus uses with Nicodemus. He is comparing the work of the Lord to the Spirit or to the wind. The wind's moving all around us. It's moving in this room right now in a manner of speaking. We can't see it, but we, we witness its effect. Outside, yesterday, man, last night, I don't know if you were out and about last night about dark, but it got windy and, and sort of stormy looking and, and it was hard to believe that it was just a few weeks ago the sun was shining and we were sweating, but last night it looked almost wintry. We saw the effects of the wind. Out here on this hill, you know, uh, we do it for a reason. It's its own purpose. But the the flags we have out in front of this building, the flags that adorn our driveway right now are the flags of the nations that we support in missions. And, uh, and in particular, you'll notice the Israeli flag and the U.S. flag that are flying as you come up the driveway. We did have a feather flag, a brand new feather flag that we put out front for fun day last week. And uh, the wind snapped it completely off sometime during the week this week. But, but but we can look and we can see those flags flying and we we know the wind is there. We see the beautiful leaves the the you know when you go out you it's a it's a Kodak moment when you walk out of this sanctuary across the front porch this morning. You can take a Kodak picture of the beautiful leaves. We we see the wind. We can hear the cracking of the leaves and the and the winds as they may even possibly break out of the trees. Mighty gusts of winds blowing through these mountains and these hills. We feel the effects of wind on our skin, cooling our skin when it's summertime and the sweltering heat or the winds can bring the sting of, of winter breezes upon our uh, faces, if you would, that are exposed. So not only is the wind is invisible, but neither can the wind be controlled by us. You know, we like to control. Most of us like to be in control of a lot of things. I like to drive. If you ever go somewhere with me, more than likely, I'm going to drive. Because I like being in control of the car. I rode with some of y'all. And I have a good reason. Okay? I, I like, I like driving. I do, I like to, I like to drive. I like to know that I, it's my hands on the wheel. But we can't control the wind. We can't turn it on. We can't turn it off. There's no schedule that the wind is on. Uh, we might safely say that when it comes down to it, the wind is sort of a mystery. Wouldn't you think so? Wouldn't you think the wind is sort of a mysterious thing? So is the work of salvation that Jesus refers to as being born again when he's talking to, to Nicodemus. It, it's a mystery. I can't explain it. I, I, I can't touch it. I can't see it. I can't taste it. Yet I know that the born again experience, that work of regeneration is a the big term for it. I know that that is real because 
even just like the wind, I can't really see the wind. I can't touch the wind, but I see the effects of the wind. I can't see and touch salvation, but I can see the effects of the work of the Lord as we are born again. So what does take place when we're born again? Here's the deal. It's the wind in your sails. When we find ourselves being born again, it means that we have been birthed by the Spirit. Now, all of us were birthed to a mom. Regardless of what you think, you were not hatched on a rock or found under a cabbage leaf. Somebody gave birth to you. But Jesus is talking about a new birthing of the Spirit. You see, every one of us in this room, we're, we're made up of three parts, and I didn't, uh, many of y'all remember my little piece of pipe. It's in there on my office on the bookshelf. There's three pieces of pipe joined together. We're made up of soul, body, and spirit. And, and because of that, our bodies are only born once. We know that. Those by, and these bodies are born, and as sure as they're born, these bodies are going to die unless the rapture of the church takes place. But what happens is, the these bodies die, but the spirit in us lives on forever and ever. And the soul is what connects the two together. So what we find in our lives is, happens is, when we're born again, we're not born again of a, of a new body, of a new physical body. Because if I had been born again in a physical body, I would ask Jesus to make me taller. Okay? But we're not born again in a new body, but we're birthed by the Spirit. This new birth can only come by the Holy Spirit. John in chapter 6 and 44, you find that no one can be saved unless the Spirit or the Father or the Spirit draws them. In John 6 and 63, you find that it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh does not help at all. With all that established, this explains what the Holy Spirit does in our lives when we're born again. It's the work again of that big word, regeneration. Here's a literary tidbit about the word wind as it's used in verse 8. The word wind and the word spirit are actually in the original text. In the Hebrew, they're actually the same word. So when, 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 when he, when Jesus is talking about the wind blowing, we don't know where the wind comes from or where the wind goes. He's actually, it, it, it's equated or it's the same wording in the original text as the spirit. So the wind and the spirit in essence are the same in this particular passage of scripture. Now there's four traits that I want to share with you about the wind. The first thing I want to share with you is that we see that Jesus explained the wind blows where it wishes to blow. In other words, it has, or it's really not a it, as Jesus is speaking of. The wind here is a he, it's the person of the Holy Spirit. The wind has its own will. So that tells us that the wind and the Spirit are free. They are not bound to anything. The only thing God is bound to is his word. I want you to understand that. The only thing that God is bound to in his word. The spirit is a person as I've already said. It's, it's not some uh, Jedi force. But the wind if you would or the spirit. Is a functioning part of the Godhead. John uses the masculine pronoun. 
uh, of him or he to describe the wind when we read three times in the book of John in John chapter 14, 26, 15 and 26 and 16 and 13. We find out that the spirit of God is not an it, but he is a he. He is a person of the Godhead. So that may I emphasize this, that as we look that the wind blows where it wishes, I want to emphasize to you, it doesn't blow where we tell it, where we tell it to blow, but he blows where he chooses to blow. There's some times that we would choose for the Holy Spirit to go here or the Holy Spirit to go there or the Holy Spirit to move on this person or the Holy Spirit to move on that person. But the reality of it is the wind, Jesus says, the wind blows where it wills, where it chooses or he chooses to blow. The second thing is we find that the wind, as I've already established very much so, is an invisible force with visible results. You hear the sound. You hear the sound of the wind. This means that there are uh, uh, perceptual effects of the wind. We know that the wind is there. We can't see it, but yet we know it. Because there's a sound or we feel the pressure against our skin or we see branches and leaves and dust flying around in the air. Or maybe it's the neighbor's trampoline that just went through your backyard. We we don't see the wind, but we again, we see those effects. So are those the work of regeneration. <clears throat> I can't see somebody get saved. Now, I've heard people say, well, I, I saw people, someone, they get saved, their countenance changed. Well, maybe that's true, but still that's the effects of the wind. But what happens in the work of regeneration is when you're born again, and that's what Nicodemus is talking about to Jesus, you must be born again. And you see, that work of regeneration, you can't see the Holy Spirit as he regenerates your life or my life, but you can see the effects of that. That regeneration. I, I wasn't zapped into perfection. It took me almost 62 years to get there. Okay. Uh, no, and I'm, I'm still a long ways from perfection. I'm just kidding. Unless you ask my wife, she'll tell you, you know, she tells me all the time. She said, you're, you're just the perfect man. <laughs> She's turning real red right now for those of you that can't see her up here. No, no, I'm a long ways from perfect. I wasn't zapped into perfection when I when I got saved. That means when I got born again, when I was born again in the spirit. I wasn't suddenly zapped into perfection. Uh, I still deal with imperfections. I still deal with fallacies. I still deal with mistakes. I still do with uh, a lack of knowledge in many times because I have, the more I study the Word of God, the more I learn from the Word of God. All of these, and, it, and it, you know, and it's been. 40, uh, this coming spring will be 44, 40, 45 years. I'll be celebrating 45 years of being saved this coming March. And, and, and when I, I saw, no, I didn't get zapped in perfection, but I began to see change that occurred in my life. I began to think different. I began to act different. I did begin to talk different. I began to do things different. I began to look at things in a different way. But I want to tell you something. I'm still doing that. I'm still, that's still occurring in my life. There's things that I perceive now and I look at now that I didn't look at the same way 10 years ago. 
God is continuing to work in my life. He's continuing. You know, when, when a baby is born, that baby, you know, does not, is, is typically that baby is not born with the ability to walk and talk and feed himself steak and mashed taters and green beans and even eat ice cream every night before he goes to bed. That, that baby's not born with that ability. No. That baby, that baby is born an infant. That, that baby can't even hold its head up on its own. Somebody has to help it. And that, but that baby, and I was looking at, at Asher this morning and as he's growing and, and he's increasing and he's developing. And, and and it is amazing how much in that first year things are changing. But listen, that's exactly what happens with us when we're born again of the Spirit. We begin to grow in our faith. We begin to grow in our spiritual maturity. And listen, we never finish growing. We never finish maturing. We never finish changing. You know, th- sometimes the way that you mature changes. Just like instead of growing hair, your hair turns gray. But so different things happen as we mature through our life. And so it is in our spiritual life. You see, it's that work of regeneration. We don't, it's that invisible force that is happening in my life. Almost 45 years later, I'm happy to say that I'm still growing in Jesus. And I hope that I've never can get up and honestly say that I have quit growing in my experience with the Lord. He wants to see us grow and continue to mature in Him. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul outlines the conversion and the results from being born again. Paul says, because when he that stole will steal no more. So we see that Jesus begins to shape and, and remold our life. The spirit through that work of regeneration. i got to hurry up here. I told you I was going to. Then we see the work of the Spirit, the wind of the Spirit. I've already said it's it's a mystery, but let me elaborate on it just a moment here. He says we don't know where it come from. We don't know where it goes. The Spirit, let me tell you where the, the, the Holy Spirit originates with God and not man. The Holy Spirit originates with God and not man. Now there's a lot of things that man, that originates with man. Now let me tell you something. Everything that happens is not of God. Okay? Outside of the church, everything that happens is not of God. Everything that happens inside the church is not of God. I didn't plan on including this, but let me let me include this here just for a minute. The the, the whole issue, and we hear so much about it of church, of church hurt, and people say they got church hurt, and they've not gone back to church, or they'll never go back to church. Let me tell you something: everything that happens in church is not of God. So don't blame God for something that, that, that maybe somebody did to you, okay? Don't, don't blame God for something somebody said to you. Because maybe, maybe God wasn't the author of it. But, but, but it's sort of like, I like the old adage. It says, you know, when people say, well, I'm never going back to church because somebody there hurt my feelings or somebody did this to me or somebody did that to me. It, it's like, it's like having, it's like, uh, having a, a gymnasium or, you know, or one of these, one of these centers, you know, they got one over there, uh, in Bluefield, Virginia. One of those fitness centers you can go to. It's like, you know, I'm not going to go back over there because somebody said I'm fat. Well, you went there because you were fat. You went there to try to lose weight. You know, so so don't say that you're never going back because, you know, because don't, don't let what somebody says or even does because they, they might not have been in God's will. They may not have been in obedient to God. They may not have even meant any harm by it. But the reality of it is that 
Not everything that we encounter is truly the Spirit of God, but when the, the Spirit of God originates with God and not with man. And because of that, we cannot control the moving of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things that you say, you know, okay, I'm going back, I'm going back, I've been in, I've been long enough now I can claim to be one. I'm, I'm going back 45, 40, actually probably close to, closer to 50 years of Pentecostalism. I grew up, when I was a little boy, I grew up in the Episcopal Church. I talked to an, uh, the rector, that's what they call a preacher in the Episcopal Church. I was talking to one just the other day, Friday, and, uh, it was down in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and they had the Episcopal Church open a little festival down there, and, and we wanted to walk in to look at this little stone Episcopal Church, and, and the guy, the, 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 the pastor was there at the door. He said, oh, come on in, look around. I said, well, I just want to take a peek at it. I said, I grew up in the Episcopal Church when I was a little boy. He said, oh, really? Yeah, well, you need to come on in and look around. I said, well, I'm Pentecostal now. I said, I switched over about, you know, a long time ago. He said, boy, that was a transition, wasn't it? And I said, yeah. He said, I used to be Catholic, and I moved over to Episcopalian. He said, that was just sort of, he said, a step across the aisle. But you know what? I've been around this Pentecostal stuff long enough that I understand some of the lingo. Well, you know one of the you know one of the thing that one of the things that puzzles me in uh, among Pentecostals especially is I hear people say, "Well, they just killed the spirit." Old Elaine, old Elaine, she just got up there and she killed. She just killed the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. I, I understand what the expression is that you're saying here, but you can't kill the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can't be killed. Now you may, you may, you may get out of the will of the Lord and hinder something or hinder something from happening, you know, because you've operated out of the will of the Lord. But we, none of us in this room can control the Holy Spirit and none of us in this room can kill the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is of God. It's the per part of the person of God and who God is and he, he works in mysterious ways. It's the Spirit of God working in the fullness of the authority of God, the Godhead. In Mark gospel chapter 4 it does we find 26 and 27th verse says the kingdom of god is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground he sleeps he rises all night and day and the seed sprouts and grows but the man does not know how it happens you see, it's the Holy Spirit that does, whenever I preach a message, it's not me. I have no control over what happens to it. I can pray over it. I can pray before it. I can pray afterwards. But when it comes down to it, all I do is sow the seed. And it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the work, to bring the sprout, to bring the harvest in due time. And anything that you do, it's also done through and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it's not of the Holy Spirit, then it must be of us and if it's up to us it's going to come to naught or nothing as we would say I gotta hurry up number four the journey is his the journey is his and listen to me only the Holy Spirit knows his next destination only the Holy Spirit knows where he's going where and how he is going to move next About the time, you know, I, I think, when I think along these lines, I think about a group of people. And this group of people was wasting all of their energy and effort, and they were just building this building that was called a tower. And they built that tower to reach up into the sky and to, to go through the clouds and 
They thought they could build this tower high enough to reach where God was. God came down and confounded their language. It was called Babel. Now, let me tell you something. God's a pretty smart guy. He knew that they did not have the ability to build a tower that could reach him. He wasn't worried about them getting a tower and all of a sudden he's sitting in the throne room of heaven and all of a sudden a tower begins to pop through the boundaries of heaven if there are boundaries. That wasn't his concern. But but what God was showing and what God was demonstrating was his authority and his supremacy as God, his, his sovereignty as God. And what he was demonstrating to those people was, hey, you're never going to be able to figure me out. You're never going to be able to get in my head and know what my next move is. The closest that we can get to the mind of God, we have probably laying around there, the most, in, in this part of the country anyway, there's more of these books laying around our house than we could probably shake a stick at as the old saying goes. That, this is as close as we will ever get to the mind of God. And you say, well, yeah, but we can pray and the Holy Spirit will talk to us. Well, the Holy Spirit still don't tell you what's right here in this page is right here, you know, okay? It's not going to tell you anything any different than what what we already have is to sort of confirm what we already have. But here's the deal. Here is the deal. We don't know how the Spirit of God works. Where it comes from, where He comes from, I shouldn't say yet. Where He comes from and where He's going to go. How He's going to show up next and what capacity He's going to show up next. We're just supposed to be in tune with Him. When Jesus said at the end of the first sentence there in verse 8 that we read in the text, He said, you do not know where it goes. He goes where He wills. So sometimes we got to, oh, can I meddle just a minute? Can I meddle just a minute? I want to meddle just a minute. That means getting your business just a minute. You know, a number of years ago, there was a great revival that happened in Florida. Sarah and I know people. And I, I'm not criticizing people that wanted to go there. I, I you know, I, it was pro- probably, good. I, I mean, I, I wasn't into that, but you know, it's, it's okay. You want to go to Florida to revival? A few, a few months ago, there was one in Asbury. Great revival broke out. People loaded up and they went. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not limited to Florida. He's not limited to Asbury. He's not limited to Blue Whale. He's not limited to Africa. He's not limited to the United States. Anywhere, the Holy Spirit is not limited to anywhere. I don't have to, I don't have to break my savings account to buy airplane tickets to go and find out where the Holy Spirit's at. Now listen, the Holy Spirit is among us. He lives among us. He dwells among us. He is, He is, you know, there used to be an old song we used to sing one of them old praise and worship songs that said, He is the air I breathe. And I don't have to go looking for Him. And I don't have to go journeying to find Him because He is moving and He is working among us all the time. And it's Him that brings us to salvation. 
It's, it's him, the, the spirit of God that brings us into a closeness with God. It's him that brings us through difficult times. It's him that brings us through the calamities and the tragedies of life. It's him. And listen, I don't have to go chasing after him. I know we sing that song. You know, what, what's that one song, you know, that, you know, that, 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 and it talks. I, I don't have to go chasing after him because He's among us all the time. He is here. We used to sing another, and I know all the old songs, okay? We used to sing that song. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Listen closely. What's the next words? Yeah, I will bless his name again. He is here. Listen closely. Can't you hear him call your name? He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. That's the God we serve. That's the Holy Spirit that is working among us and changing our lives. So here's the sum of it all. The wind is mysterious. The wind being the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is mysterious. He has a will of His own. He comes and He goes by His own laws and His own rights. And that is this authoritative Word of God. And we can't control him. We can't decide where the wind's going to blow. When the wind's going to blow. And listen to me. We can't decide who he's going to blow on. He he can blow on people that's called Catholic. He can blow on people that's called Episcopalians. He can blow on people that's called Baptist and Methodist. And he can blow on people that's called Presbyterians and Lutherans and, 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 and we can, we can throw all kind of names out there, but let me tell you, he, he can, he can, he can and he does blow on people that have no label whatsoever. He can blow on people that's never uttered his name before. You see, the Holy Spirit's at work in the world. And he's the wind in my sails. And He desires to be the wind in your sails. And He desires to be the wind in the next person's sails. All He needs us to do is to raise the sails. Say, Lord, I accept You for who You are. Blow on me, Lord. Breathe on me fresh. Fill my sails with your wind, Lord, with your spirit. And push me where you want me to go. Guide me to where you want me to go. To be born again is to experience a rebirth by the spirit. Nothing we can do will cause the spirit to bring about new a new birth any more than we can make the wind blow outside. The decisive act of the new birth is really not ours at all. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And it comes through our will 
moving because His wind is blowing. That's when we raise ourselves. And when we submit our will to the will of the Father, then our cells are filled with wind and He begins to take us into everything that He has for us. Wow. He's the wind in my cells. And He wants to be the wind in yours too. Just bow your heads for me just a moment. If you're in this room, and I always do, I promised my friend, Brother Dallas Jewell, great man of God that taught me so much. He said, promise you always give an altar call. I said, okay, Brother Dallas. So 99.5% of the time, if you hear me preach, I'm going to give you an altar call. But if there's a person in this room that your your sails have not been lifted, and their sails have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. And by that I mean you have not allowed the Lord to come in through the work of the Spirit and do a new birth in your life. You have not been born again. Today's a good day. And without any embarrassment, with any prodding at all, I just want to ask you a question with heads bowed and eyes closed. Is there one person in this room that says, Preacher, I'm ready to raise my sails. I'm ready to be born again. Is there one person in this room at all? I assume of that everybody's well. I assume you're good with your soul. I want you to look at me right now then. I want to ask you this question. There's, you may be in this room, your sails may be tattered and torn. Your sails, your sails may, may, may have been beaten through the, the storms of life. But let me tell you, if there's just one thread of sail left, if there's one thread that's up on, that's been raised, Keep it raised high and let the wind of the Holy Spirit fill those sails. Let Him carry you into everything that He has for you. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to make it happen. Quit trying to do it. Just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord because He is the master of the wind. And He will fill your sails and He will carry you on voyages and to places that you can't even imagine. So if you're in this room right now and you're suffering from discouragement, your life, you're, you're all dismayed. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which way to turn. You don't know if up's up or down, down. You don't know, you don't know what is happening. But you're just, you know, you need the Lord guiding you in your life. I just want to ask you right now just to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right where you're at. You don't have to walk down front. Just stand to your feet right now where you're at. Okay, these people, I, and this is not for your embarrassment, those of you that are standing. This is what I want you to do. I want some of you all to go and I want you to find somebody that's standing on their feet right now. The ones that are standing on their feet. I want some of you all to go. Some of you all that are seated seated right now. I want you to go find somebody that's standing right now. And I want you to begin to pray with them. And I just want you to believe, you're just going, we're just going to believe that, that the wind of the Spirit is going to fill their lives. It's going to fill their sails. Patrick, I hope this thing don't squeal on me. I'm going to, we're just believing that God's just working. God, you're moving in Jerry's life. You're ministering to Jerry. You're ministering to Elaine and Christine right now. You're filling their cells. Lord God, you're filling them with your spirit. Lord God, Lord, they're going to look to you. They're going to go where you lead. They're going to go where you guide. Lord, you're going to minister and work in their lives. Lord, you're going to meet needs. God, you just going to do some great things. God, I pray for this couple today. 
God, you are touching their lives, Lord. Questions that are unanswered. Lord, circumstances that they don't understand. God, fill their cells, Lord. Fill their cells with your wind. Lord, let them, whatever they have left, Lord, let them raise it high, Lord God, and allow you to fill their lives, fill their cells, Lord, with the wind of your Holy Spirit, God. Lead them, guide them, direct them. I pray, Lord, they won't question you. Lord, they're not going to doubt you. Lord God, they're just going to flow with you and allow you to move and minister in their lives. Today, God, I just believe, Lord, that you are touching, Lord, and you are ministering, God, in ways, Lord, God, unknown, God. You are touching, Lord, the lives of people. God, today, Lord, you're giving, Lord, Lord, you're giving Michael encouragement, Lord. Lord, Michael is going to trust you, Lord God. And Lord, you're just going to do some, you're doing some great things in his life today. Lord, there's so much that is unanswered. So many things in his life right now that he doesn't understand. But God, Lord, as he raises his sails before you, God, Lord, you're going to be the wind in his sails. God, you're filling his, you're filling his vessels, Lord. And Lord, he's going to ride with you. He's going to ride with the wind. He's going to go where you take him. He's going to, wherever you lead him, Lord, wherever you guide him, Lord, He will follow you, Lord God. Let His faith in you be strong, Lord God. Minister to His needs, O God. Work in His life, O Jesus. Lord, minister to Doug. Minister to others, Lord God. God, minister to the ladies of this church, God. Lord, meet the needs of their lives right now. Yes, Lord. God, we just believe in, Lord. Lord, we believe wherever you guide that you'll provide. Lord, we believe, Lord, that all substance comes from you, Lord. You are Jireh. Lord, you are our provider, Lord God. And you're meeting every need, Lord Jesus. Every circumstance, Lord. God, you're making a way to sell the seeds of life. Even when it doesn't seem like there's a way. Even when it seems like that the ship is sinking, Lord. The sails will pick up the wind and we'll go. We'll go. Jesus. We worship you today, Lord. We praise you today. For you are good. So, so good.